This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. How much German did you teach, Dale? Um, it was fun because, you know, it was almost like, um, okay, let's see how far I can get until Mart needs to help with something, you know? <laughs> Mart needs and uh, they got far, man. I mean, it was it was fun. It was, you know, and, and, you know, in one point, Dale was ordering a beer, and, you know, I, I swear to God, I mean, that lady didn't know that he was American. You're tuned in to Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale, the original craft beer in a can. Visit OscarBlues.com to find out where Dale's is sold near you today. Now here's your host, Regan Smith and Keith White. All right, welcome to another episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront, brought to you by Dale's Pale Ale. We are here in the studio, myself, Heath White, with first name Davis, and on the phone is one Regan Smith. Regan, why are you on the phone and not in the studio? Uh, just uh, enjoying, enjoying a couple early days at the, at the beach, just north of Daytona, so had to... Had to take every opportunity we can to, to get a break and uh, get ready for this long championship stretch. Well, I was going to say, that's uh, Daytona's this weekend, and that's going to begin, I, what, I believe, a 16-week stretch. Is that right? That's going to take us yeah, through yeah, Kansas? Yeah, uh, you know, it's the meat of the schedule coming up here, and, and uh, I don't think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's after Charlotte, the next break that we get, which is not until uh, at the end of October. So um, this is uh, this is the, the Xfinity schedule's always had this on it. It's not quite as bad this year, actually, as what it was last year um, from a standpoint of how long it goes for, but uh, definitely a long stretch for us. Certainly, certainly. But let's – we actually have a special guest in the studio today, so we want to jump into that. Uh, he's sitting here on the couch with his feet up, literally, lounging, and we've got Martin. I have a picture that he would be sitting with his feet up. Yeah, I that's – Martin's got a lot of star power. Like he owns the place. <laughs> he, he does. He's been here a long time. Is this is this Junior Motorsports or Martin Friedrich Motorsports? I'm not sure. <laughs> Jesus. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> in case y'all can't tell, it's pretty early in the morning, so we're all sitting here uh, sipping on our coffee trying to get uh, the most out of the day. So um, Martin's joining us with his coffee. Good morning, Heath. Martin, I, I, I Good morning, start Martin. the interview off here real quick. i, I got to ask that the elephant in the room, the big thing, last night I'm sure you didn't get a lot of sleep <laughs> after uh, what took place. USA did you I watch it? Yeah. Out there right now, right away. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. Really, um, you know, it's almost like your brain wants to do one thing and your heart another. You know, I mean, if I watch USA versus Germany games, it's mixed feelings. It's not that I'm automatically pulling for Germany because I'm German. You know, but um, I, I will say it's always, you know, a heartbreaker either way because you know you, it, yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's one of, yeah, one of your teams is gonna lose. Yeah. It's like having uh, a crush on two chicks. Yeah, I mean, Kinda? especially, yeah, you know, the, the guy team was easy. Yeah. Um, because I, I also thought that the, um, you know, the, while the U.S. guys are really close to, to you know, be right right at the top, um, the ladies are definitely there. You know, I mean, they're they, pretty you good. Know, I, wouldn't n I would not be shocked if the U.S. Uh, ladies team is going gonna, is gonna to win this uh, championship. So, um, for that reason, it was a little bit different. One game to go. Yeah. One game to go. But the reason we brought Martin in here, enough about soccer, but, but thanks for that, Regan, because I had that teed up for later in the show. So I appreciate you getting that out of the way right away. Hey, anything I can do to ruin you now? I'm not even there looking at your notes today. <laughs> and I'm no, I'm saying it's good. It's good. We wanted to bust on Martin a little bit. But we actually brought Martin in because he's back from his trip to Germany that he took with Dale Jr. and Kelly and Amy and LW. And we wanted to try to bring him in and l let the listeners hear a little bit of what went into that trip because – those that didn't follow it on Twitter, a lot of stuff happened. Um, I'm giving Martin a little bit of credit for helping put that deal together because I know you did a lot of homework in terms of um, 
diving into some of the towns and things that you were you're going to take Dale to see. So um, start with that a little bit. Take us through through the process leading up to the trip itself and the research that went into that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, ten years ago um, when I first met Dale, um, one of the first things he told me was uh, that the Arnhards are from Germany. You know, because I was kind of worried about my accent and <laughs> all that, and you know, uh, he why were you worried about your accent? Well, I don't know. I was worried about my accent because, first of all, it was a lot stronger 10 years ago. Ah. And, and next, you know, um, you don't know. I mean, in, in the racing community, maybe it's not etiquette to have someone with accents or, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I didn't even want to speak much. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, J.L. Rhodes, um, uh, Dale's road manager, then he made me pretty much talk and you know, um, boom, here's the accent, and yeah. you know, this is when Dale said, hey, you know, the Earnhardt's are from Germany, and, you know, there was that, it was 10 years ago, and then uh, a few months ago, no, actually, a couple of years ago, Dale said um, that he would like to go to Germany, and uh, he even said it pretty much time frame, he said, if I turn 40, I'm going to go to Germany, uh, and that was that, and then in 2012, he did um, all the genealogy, he mm -hmm. hired a professional genealogist here in North Carolina that uh, did excellent work in, in finding and tracing the uh, Earnhardts back to uh, Germany. And uh, a few months ago, then, he uh, gave me all the details on that and, and shared all the information that he had for me to pretty much plan a trip and, and you know, look at, you know, some of the things in Germany, you know, with, with people on the ground there. And uh, I did. So there was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So um, Well, I, I know you like to research. You're a big researcher. Um, so I'm sure that that's right, right in your wheelhouse. Now you guys started your trip at, and I'm gonna probably butcher this pronunciation, Elbesheim, Ilbesheim. Yeah, El Elbesheim. So yeah, that was. So uh, well, let me ask you this sure. before you get started. I don't know if I could pronounce any of the names before you went on the let's trip. From, from what Regan. I remember seeing on Twitter. Let <laughs> let's have Regan pronounce it. Regan, you go ahead. We'll do a little German uh, German words today. Elbesheim. You're gonna have to say it. You're gonna have to say it again for me. I, say it, Martin. It is Ilbesheim. Ilbesheim. Ilbertheim? Ilbesheim. 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 Is there an S in there? Yeah, there's an S in there. Ilbesheim. Well, anyways, the region that you guys went to was what, what you just said, Ilbesheim, maybe. Is that close? Well, Ilbesheim is really a village, right? Okay. So Are you Were you familiar with that area before you got into this? N no. I, okay. I, I haven't personally been there. I am familiar with the area because I grew up about two hours from there. So okay. the area itself was not strange by any means. It's pretty much like... South Carolina for somebody, North Carolina, you know, so. <clears throat> um, what in terms of, Martin, real quick before you get into that, in terms of Germany, how big is it? Like, how many of our, what we call big, yeah. uh, I mean, the entire country, what would it compare to? The area that we visited? No, or? Germany as a whole. Oh, Germany as a whole, well, see, that's the thing, it's kind of funny, I mean, Germany, uh, as far as I know, would fit into the state of Texas, okay. so Germany itself is very small, um, but has about 80 million in population, east and wow. west. Um, so you have a very wow, there's dense... There's a lot, of, a lot of people in that small area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's why you have all these crazy laws, you know, in terms of uh, keeping your environment uh, clean. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. But uh, I guess you have to, you know, if you have that many people in... in, in you got to be responsible about it. small area. Yeah. Now, in terms of your speed limits, you don't have to worry about those, though. Regan likes that aspect of it. Well, you got to move do, these. I do. You, you got to move these people pretty quick from A to B. You know, if in, in 
overpopulated place. Like, I'm so y- you're telling me no one in Germany has ever got a speeding ticket? Oh, there are speeding tickets. But if there's no speed limit. Not on the autobahn, though, right? Isn't that, there's no speed limit on that. Uh, well, the autobahn is pretty much your interstate, right? So um, it's it's uh, simply a uh, interstate where you sometimes have, in, especially outside of like populated areas, you do have uh, unlimited speed. You you can pretty much go as fast as you want to. Zoom. Yeah. There's there's a guide. Uh, there's a uh, guide speed of um, I believe 130 kilometers an hour, which is about maybe 80 miles an hour or so. But uh, you don't. You know, it's 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 just a guide. You know, you if, if you have a Porsche uh, <laughs> 911 or you know uh, some other fancy uh, fast car BMW or whatever. You know, you you can you can drive this uh, son of a gun wide open. How about Corvettes? We're Chevrolet people around here. Well, they're harder to find in Germany. Uh, obviously, I know but they if, are. You, if you happen to have a nice <laughs> car like that in Germany on the autobahn, I'm, I'm I'm sure that would be a lot of fun too. So, well, back to Elbesheim. Sure. How was that? You, you described it as a small village, um, and the cool thing about you, Martin was showing me some pictures yesterday when we were talking about this stuff, and I'm a big fan of history. Uh, but the thing about American history is it's only so old. When you go over to Europe and go to Germany, you're in cities that some some date back to the Middle Ages. Right. I mean, Dale is lucky in that his ancestry is from a from a village that hasn't really that hasn't grown much in the last few hundred years. Mm-hmm. So Ilbesheim in Germany is is a small city um, of population 500, and it was only population 300 six seven hundred years ago. So that makes it very easy to find people there to know who's who, and you know, not not much has changed in that village. Um, occupation, you know, in in that village, the the, the main thing over there is still farming. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> they sit on, you know, the the that particular village has a lot of really good soil, um, and has always been known as a good ag- agricultural um, uh, place in that area. So, you know, uh, farming, wine. Um, and uh, you know wi- everything that has to do with mi- wine production because the Rhine Valley is so close mm-hmm. um, is typically what people did there. And um, you know I, I that's what I understood that the Ehrenhards that lived there um, 16 um, something uh, that we know uh, they they were farmers. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that when you go back to a place like that, it makes it a lot easier because so so much has remained unchanged that you have families that. Um, but they have been in the same village for hundreds of years, so it's not that difficult to find an ancestral trail. Exactly. Yeah, it made it easy. So there were a bunch of convenient coincidences in that whole genealogy and and tracing that ancestry that made it a lot more easy. Mm -hmm. And you guys... guys Go ahead, Regan. Of the 500 people that are there now, how many of them are actually Earnhardt now? Is it still Earnhardt in that town, or is that that thing... So we talked to some older people there, and and <coughs> uh, some of them still know. Uh, so Ehrenhardt is a known name. Um, there are still Ehrenhards close by, not directly in Elbesheim, but in in nearby um, uh, other villages. So the the name Ehrenhardt, um, we even looked up on like a heat map for last names in Germany. It actually or- it, it looks like it's originating in that particular area because you know you you see the country of Germany. And then you see this red spot of of that name, and you know most names of you know people people with the name actually um, are located in that area. So um, yeah, w- which again makes it super easy to to find other Earnhards, which we did. I mean, we went to uh, graveyards, and um, you know, sure enough, you know, found 
Now, we call it Earnhardt here. What was what was the pronunciation over there? You were explaining that to me yesterday, too. Yeah, it is Earnhardt. Earnhardt. Yeah. Interesting. Sounds very noble. For all these years, we've had it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Maybe, maybe Dale should have, like, re redo his last name now. I don't know. Start signing it. Well, I guess he doesn't sign his autograph with Earnhardt, so that doesn't make a difference either. But Man, that would be, that would be tough to get across to the world at this point. I think we're going to we'll probably need to stick with the pronunciation the way it is now. Yeah, Re Regan brings up a good point. I think the brand is already established. <laughs> hey, yeah, did, did, when, you were in, when you were in that village where, where the Earnhardt's were you know, originally from and, and where the ancestry started, was there people there that knew the name now, today, as it is, you know, from, from Dale Jr. And, and different things like that? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's interesting because I, I talked to people before we ever uh, got there. So um, I um, I talked to the pastor there, and then the pastor is friends with another guy who happened to be mayor of Ilbesheim for 20 years. And so, you know, I, I knew people on the ground and, and talked to them, and um, some of them actually know Aaron Hartz. As a matter of fact, um, uh, that one guy, he remembers from his childhood that there w was a grave um, with the name Aaron Hart in Elbesheim on the Elbesheim um, Cemetery. Uh, unfortunately, the gravestone was there no more. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it, it, it definitely is something that people knew, and it's, it's a name that is still common in the area. So that was uh, that was pretty exciting. And I know oh you guys good. you guys did some bar hopping too as well while you're over there. Um, did people know who Dale was when y'all? Yeah. He was just a normal guy on vacation. Yeah, you know, it, it was special. So we were kind of special in that we came from far away to a very uncommon place right. to, you know, visit. People don't right? go on vacation there a lot. No, you, you don't. You don't have a lot of tourists in Ilbesheim, Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, so for it's that, not it's not their main industry, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, I mean, obviously they ask questions, and and we told them, uh, and and um, you know, in one point we explained to a group of people in Ilbesheim. Um, who Dale is and that, you know, that he's a race car driver and, you know, we had a couple of his hero cards with us, you know, to, to um, show that and, mm -hmm. you know, they were like, okay, well, I'm a plumber and, <laughs> you know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a smith, you know, and, and uh, you know, well, glad to have you here, you know, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was refreshing to see right. that that people would just accept him as the guy that comes here to do his ancestry. Uh, it was pretty, well, that's pretty yeah, that's interesting too, and that kind of goes back to my my previous question. That's what I was more or less getting at: was that people know Dale and, and know that name based on the racing side of things, and not. So obviously, you know, obviously they didn't quite quite know it based on that. And he was able to kind of fly under the radar then. Yeah, I don't know how many NASCAR fans are in El Elbasheim. Yeah, I'm know. sure there are now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Regan, good point. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely made a bunch of friends there, and you know, now now they know, you know, and I think they were really more excited about him um, tracing his ancestry than anything else, uh, yeah. which which was really the purpose of our trip in the first place. So. Well, it's interesting. D he, Dale is getting a little up there in age, so he's at that point that he wants to learn more more about his past. Now, Regan Martin's going to teach us something since we're so we're big fans of Dale's Pale Ale, but big fans of beer in general. Um, there's something called a German purity law. And I want Martin to describe to us. Have you heard of this first name? No, I haven't. The, the German purity law, I'm letting Martin take this away, but this they're very strict on what goes into their beer. Am I right? There's certain ingredients that you must use. Well, there are certain ingredients that you can only use, Okay. Right? Um, which is a total of four. You have spring water, you have malt, you have hops, and you have yeast. You know, that, that's it. So that's what goes in, the, in a beer, and that's, 
you know that uh, I don't know what the purity law dates back to, but it's definitely hundreds of years. Um, and now you can brew a beer outside of that specification or um, uh, not according to the purity law, but you got to label it. Okay. Um, uh, you you can't you know you you don't deserve the label um, brewed according to the German purity law. So that's if you have to stay within those stipulations to get that stamp on your beer, the purity law stamp, so to speak. Right. Uh, if you if you go to any of the places that sell German beers here mm. in America, chances are you find a beer that says uh, brewed um, according to the German purity law. Germans, you guys have a lot of laws. Well, we're serious <laughs> with the beer. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. You know, you know? If you've got laws surrounding beer, you've got to be pretty serious with it at that point. <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of people nowadays, they think of beer as a recreational type thing. You know, you, you go out and uh, have a couple beers, and, and, and but uh, to Germans, it's actually serious stuff because uh, beer historically was the only thing you could, you know, in, in population, they couldn't afford wine. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the royalty and the nobility, but, um, you know, the, the, the person back in Germany, um, it was pretty much liquid bread. It was... You know, the first thing when you brew beer is bring a kettle of water to a boil. And, you know, we all know what that does to water. So right. it was a safe way to, um, you know, get get yourself uh, into, you know, something to drink. And um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, you I couldn't just go down to the spring and, and drink water out of the spring back then because you'd probably get sick and die. Yeah, especially if there's a village upstream, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything runs downstream. Yeah, I right. like that you compared uh, beer to bread and, and basically have to have it every day. So. It's full of vitamins, Regan. We know this. <laughs> yes, that's just a little <laughs> bit more than vitamins. You, I mean, you know? <laughs> I'll give this. Martin knows a lot about a lot of stuff. He's very knowledgeable, that which makes him a good IT director. I'd say so. But you were also there for the engagement. Let's let's finish this up. Sure. Um, that was kind of interesting. T take us through that. I know Dale had, had – y'all had gone to a church that Dale's ancestors had gone to. Um, so that was – did that catch everyone by surprise? Well – um, so there were two churches, um, one in Ilbesheim, one in Bietersheim, and we saw both. We went to both, and um, up until just a few weeks before we actually left, we weren't really sure um, what the church is going to be, and um, Dale went with the church that had all the original records uh, written in Latin language in the Ilbesheim book, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it was a good choice. So uh, first, the church was in Ilbesheim, and it was a beautiful church. I mean, we walked in there and, you know, we all, all, you know, everybody, you know, but Amy knew what mm -hmm. was about to happen, right? Right. But, you know, just walking in there, we were like, whoa, this is perfect. You yeah. Know, this is just awesome. There was, there was so much light in there. It was, it was, you know, that mix of old and, and just beautiful um, was there. It was, um, it, it, it was a special place, but, but any means um it was it was it was perfect so martin now the, the, the church itself was the pictures i saw were was it was extremely old right like 500 600 years old or something like that yeah even older so the church itself the the church building um has been um replaced a few hundred years ago it you know it just got uh too old and they had to they had to uh, renovate it and, or replace it even but the church tower um, is from uh, eleven something. So I mean, we're talking what nine hundred years. Yeah. So yeah, lots wow. of history there. Wow. Were you nervous, Martin? <laughs> 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 
Martin's like, well, damn, I'm, nervous. I'm nervous for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was nervous. Big question. Martin Friedrich, were you nervous or not? <laughs> you know, I tell you why I was nervous. Um, I was nervous because I, I somehow felt responsible a little bit in that, you know, I'm the one translating. I'm the one talking to the pastor. I'm the one, you know, arranging for the church to be open. So, yeah, I was a little nervous. So if anything went wrong, it was it was your butt. I don't know. I I don't think that's the case. I just, you know, it's, you know, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, you want things to be right, right? right? I mean, it's a big deal by any stretch of the in imagination. Right. So you want things to go right, and um, you know, yeah, it required for the pastor to open the church mm -hmm. for us to, you know, for, you know, some stuff are in your hand, others are not, and you know, I was a little bit worried about the things that were in my hands, and hey, it worked out, so that was good. Well, I got news I for everybody. I can't say that I blame you. Any time that uh, that I know somebody's you know getting ready to, to propose or engage or something like that, it, you're always nervous. You're nervous for them because you know what it's like. Well, obviously you don't. You're not married. But for me, I know what it was like when I asked. And hell, I was nervous as hell. I was shaking, heart in my throat. It was like the last lap of a Daytona 500, and you were you know free that, wide for the win or something. It yeah, was, that's some stress uh, right there. That's some serious stress. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you want it right for that person. You you don't, you want to be the guy that do, does everything. You know, you know that the stress level on his end is pretty high. So you you want to be the guy that you know just hopefully you know make sure that everything else uh, that's in your hand is is right. And it was so you know that was that was good. It was beautiful actually. I'll give Dale Jr. credit. He did it right. Yeah, I mean. Granted, he's 40 years old, and it took a while, but he did it right, you know. Yeah, you can, there's not much <laughs> where you can beat that, you know. He's kind of he's kind of known for going over the top when he does stuff like that. So yeah. it's uh, you know, I I thought it was cool. I thought it was a you know perfect uh, perfect situation and, and perfect timing for him. And obviously, uh, he and Amy are, are going to have a you know a great future together. So that, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really neat whenever whenever we all heard about it. I guess it was. You guys were what on an eight-hour time difference, right? Seven hours. Yeah, like it's that. six. It's six hours time difference. And, and just let me add, Regan. You know, not only is Dale's ancestry from Germany, uh, so is Amy's. You know, and it's not That's even right. far. Ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was a perfect place on on you know both Amy and Dale's side. So it yeah it it couldn't have been better. What was the? And I think I think you told me this. They were they're families were actually only what like 100 miles apart or something like that in germany where they were originated from yeah i think even a little bit closer um so a amy still has existing family in germany um and uh they're i want to say maybe f between 50 and 100 miles or so from uh Ilbersheim. yeah wow yeah small world sometimes creepy huh when you think look at about that all oh, you go you go thousands of miles <laughs> away and your families are actually in all reality from 500 years ago they're from you know, 50 miles away still, and you find each other again. Yeah, but, but, you know, I mean, it helps that Germany is a small country in the first place. So, you know, right. um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool. It's it's a little coincidence, I guess, that it's that close. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 was, it was perfect, you know. Uh, her having family there, he um, has obviously traced his family back to there. It was perfect. Can't beat it. And they had an excellent tour guide, Martin. How much, how much German did you teach, Dale? Uh, that's a good question, Heath. So um, they learned the you most. Probably only needed to know how to say "here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say that everybody on the trip um, learned enough German to order their favorite food, uh -huh. their favorite uh, drink. Okay. Uh, be it still water, or be it um, and. Did y'all drink sparkling water over there? Yeah, 
it was actually a little problem because you know you get sparkling water and it's so if I ordered a water, I'd get a sparkling water. You get a sparkling water with no ice. Yeah. So like the complete opposite what you actually want. So if you wanted like normal water, you'd have to say they call it still water. Still water with ice. Yeah. Okay. Well, and in addition to knowing your favorite food and and beverage, you need to know where where the restroom is too, right? So I'm su- I'm assuming they learned where how to ask the wo- to where the rest- restroom was. Yeah. I mean, it it it's funny and you know, you saw after a couple of days, you know, because you used the same words over and over Again, you mm-hmm. know, you, you know, thank you and and you're welcome. You know, all these things. Um, um, it was f- fun because you know it was almost like um, okay, let's see how far I can get until Martin needs to help us. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Martin needs to and uh, they got far, man. I mean, it was it was fun. It was, <laughs> you know, uh, and and you know, in one point, Dale was ordering a beer and. You know, I, I swear to God, I mean, that lady didn't know that he was American, you know. Perfect. <laughs> can't beat that. You got the accent down and everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Well, Martin, I know you've got some meetings to attend to. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking us through the whole the whole journey. And I'm sure, you know, Dale, uh, truth be told, I don't give Martin a lot of compliments, but Dale's very lucky to have you as a friend and employee to try to take him through that process. Well, so am I. You know, and, and this was this was the whole background of the trip. You know, Dale and his family, um, I owe much. You know, they make me feel home here. And, um, you know, that was one way for me to give back a little bit, um, you know, by just reading up and stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was super interesting. And, um, you know, I I had at least as much fun as everybody else there. So, you know, it's um, it turned out to be a win-win for everybody, I think. So, Regan, you're next. I'm next on the Ancestral tra- Trail. I, I don't even know where I would begin. Hey, you got to start I've, somewhere. Uh, Call up Martin. He'll yeah, help you. Fair enough. I, I may have to use Martin services. We might have a new... Uh, a new uh, business plan for Martin. I know. Here. Martin's going to be moonlighting as a, a research assistant. <laughs> Regan Smith. No, very cool, though, and, and I think it's something that all of us, you know, we always sit there and wonder about our ancestors and, and about what it's like. And, uh, you know, as he said, to have somebody that can help him do that that's from Germany that can, uh, you know, guide you through the entire trip and guide you through things was, uh, was obviously something I'm sure Dale, Kelly, uh, Amy, LW, everybody enjoyed. And, uh, you know, we got to, all of us got to live vicariously. Through you guys and, and watching and following the pictures on Twitter and, and things like that, so uh, very neat trip. And uh, man, Martin, you just do it all. You do computers. I know you sell. You, you, there's not much you don't do. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of shocked here. The jack of all trades. Well, I, it, master of none. The, <laughs> it was fun. You know, it, it's just hey, is your bird alive. The bird is still alive. Yeah, that's a whole different story. What? You know? Oh, God. Uh, Regan, we were asking him before the show started who has more star power, Martin Friedrich or Carol the – what is she, a cockatoo? <laughs> it's a cockatoo. <laughs> well, did you tell him that we actually wanted Carol on and she declined our interview? Yeah. So she we had to second really go with him? She, you, you're actually our backup for this week. <laughs> Carol didn't have a lot to say. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> All right, Martin. We're going to let Martin get out of here. All right. All right. Thanks, Martin. You're All welcome. Right. All right, that was Martin Friedrich. Martin's going back to work now, and we de- we are going to jump into uh, some talk about Daytona. Regan, what do you think about that? I think Daytona is a good thing to talk about. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it kind of marks – It's kinda, I don't know if it's our unofficial halfway mark. It's close. Yeah, it's close. What is it? I think this will be our 15th race of the year. So yeah. It's a little bit under the halfway mark of the season. But the schedule's kind of been adjusted and changed a little bit, as we talked about earlier this year. So it, uh, it kind of moves where that halfway point is. But typically they try to – you know, we, we try to go for both series at Daytona and know that we're – Right in the middle of the year and right in the right in the middle of the schedule. And rightfully so, we actually race on July fourth this 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 year, which is kind of different from most years. Usually we do Friday night, and this year we're actually going to be uh, Saturday night, July fourth, on NBC Sports Network. 
at 7.30 p.m. So that's going to be our first race for the NBC Sports Network. So that's exciting, too. Regan, you are yeah, I'm in. Excited for, uh, I'm excited for the guys in the booth and to, and to get to hear some new voices and fresh faces uh, calling races. And, uh, you know, it seems like the team that NBC's assembled is going to be really strong. So I, uh, the Nationwide or the Xfinity Series gets to, gets to do it first. And, uh, and then on Sunday, get to, get to see the Cup guys go at it. And you're actually in a patriotic themed fire alarm services Chevrolet this this week. So that should be very interesting. Going to be tough to miss you on the racetrack in the Stars and Stripes. One of one of my favorite paint schemes all year long. Fire Alarm uh, you know, been a great partner at JRM for now the third year and uh, the, the scheme that they came up with last year we, we ran it uh, Memorial Day last year for the first time and then we're going to bring it back out again for, for Daytona this year and uh, car sticks out really good. It pops really good. The die cast of it look good and, and uh, you know, we always, uh, always look forward to this car. At least I do personally. Like I said, it's probably my favorite paint team of uh, or one of of the season and going back to one of your one of your favorite tra- i don't know if daytona is one of your favorite tracks but obviously you've you've done really well there in the past and anytime we go there as a company junior motorsports um you know we always expect to to win the race yeah and i, I think we expect the same thing this time you know with three cars and uh it's, it's one of those places that you, you kind of have a love-hate relationship it's uh you know it can go really well or it can go really bad uh, in a hurry, as, as we've seen uh, the past couple trips there. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna look to, to make it go really well and, and start closing in some points. I think everybody's got a little work to do on on the 60 cars leading the points at this moment, and uh, we're all gonna be kind of shooting for doing that. Yeah, um, and I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't bring up the last Daytona incident. I didn't want to do that <laughs> through no fault of our own. You know, sometimes things work out for you there. Sometimes they well, don't. The, 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 the junkyard over on uh, Dirty Mo Acres, it was screaming for a little help, <laughs> but we just gave it a little help. It needed, you know, it needed a little bit uh, more color, and we had that nice bright Hellman's car, and it just seemed like it would fit in really nice in the woods over there. It, you know, <laughs> that was not something I want to do when I go back to this time, though. It, it's, uh, you try not to go on your roof very often if you don't have to. And it all happened so quickly. I'm sure inside the cockpit you're just like, yep, this sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I knew I knew as soon as I got hit. I saw the wreck starting to happen on the outside, and I knew as soon as I got hit, I was going on my roof. I was just hoping that it wasn't, you know, bad, that it didn't start tumbling, and that it was just a quick one. So I was, I was fortunate from the aspect of it got back on all four relatively quick, and it didn't didn't go into, you know, we've seen cars there before. If they catch the grass just right or if they catch the, the fence or, or another car hits them just right, those things will start tumbling and, and won't stop. And uh, I was I was hoping for that to not be the case. Unfortunately, it wasn't. But you've actually got two teammates to help you out this weekend, too. Chase Elliott, always in the, the Napa number nine car. And Casey Kane is joining us in the Ragu number 88 Chevrolet. So that should be interesting. And actually, you and Casey had quite a duel last year in this race. I think you yeah. you, know, you led like yeah. the last few few laps there, and then Casey kind of snuck around you there right at the end, coming to the finish line. Yeah, it was, it was actually about like the last 40 laps. Kind of had the dominant car all night long, and... Uh, Things didn't work out for us on the on the green white checkered at the end. Casey Casey came out of nowhere and, and had a good run off of turn four and, and uh, it, was, it was a drag race to the start finish line. I think probably lost it by about three inches maybe or whatever. I don't know what the actual number was when it was all said and done, but uh, it, you know it was a cool night for JRM to, to get the one two finish and uh, as frustrating as it was to, to not get the not get the flag after uh, after running as well as we did all night long. It, uh, it was neat for JRM to see you know to see the finish the way it was. Yeah, and Daytona's always been a special place for us. There's some good pictures of that sitting around. There really is. You know, and it's nothing better than two of your team cars duking it out for a for a win. Am I right? Well, I mean, 
I, the only thing that would be better is if all three of them were up there and you have one, two, three. So we don't want to be too greedy, but that's that's what we're going to have to shoot for this weekend is that one, two, three. I think uh, I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll be a good race to watch. And, you know, we hear guys, and you you, you particularly, you like the restrictor plate stuff because it's more of a thinking man's game. Um, and we hear guys talk about where they want to be in the closing laps. Is there any rhyme or reason? Do you just want to be at the front? Is, is that really what it boils down to? You don't want to be running third with two to go or, or one to go. You just want to be at the front? Yeah, that's the only place you really can be is at the front. We saw that in Talladega. We had a you know, a good car. It wasn't, I didn't feel like we had quite as, as good of a car as we've had the past couple of speedway races. So it was, it was a brand-new car, and we were kind of working a massage on it still and got trapped in fifth like we got up front. And on the last restart, just got trapped in fifth on the bottom. And it wasn't a matter of, of not being able to make moves. It was a matter of no move to be made because you had a car on the outside, you had a car behind, you had a car in front of you, and you couldn't, you just couldn't escape from it. So I, I think anywhere towards the front and able to get yourself clear of other cars, be able to see, you know, clear racetrack in front of you is kind of where you want to be so that you can at least try to make a move to win the race. Um, there's, there's nothing more frustrating than getting you know, getting boxed in and just having to ride around for the last two or three laps and, and not make that move. So, you know, we'll try and position ourselves to where we can at least make that move. And, and sometimes it works out and you, you finish first, and sometimes you finish tenth because the move's not the right move, but you at least want to have the opportunity to do that. We're hoping to take some points out of there and continue uh, to climb up there towards the front. We're, we're going to jump into uh, for our hot laps here. First name, why don't you uh, take us into that? All right, it's time for K1 Speed Hot Laps. K1 Speed is America's premier indoor go-kart racing center with 27 locations nationwide. There is bound to be one near you. Visit K1Speed.com today to find a location near you. I feel like first name has that radio voice. It's real raspy. It's kind of loud, but <laughs> not in a bad way. When I was working at the radio station here in town, they actually made fun of my voice all the time <laughs> and told me I sounded like Chris Griffin from Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> you actually kind of do now that you say and that. And they're like, they're like, you should like smoke a pack of cigarettes or something. <laughs> like, you gotta get your voice raspy. I don't know what you need to do. Have you ever done like a Chris Griffin impersonation? Joined in making fun of myself, and they played like a clip of Chris Griffin one time and had me like repeat, repeat what he said. So that was it was it was fun. Not, yeah, not everyone watches Family Guy, but it's uh, yeah, it's crude, but in in a very comical way. Yeah. Am I right, Regan? I I have not watched enough. Of so I do know we watched some clips in the uh, oh, That's right. Funny. <laughs> I, got a, I got a kick. I think, were you there that weekend? I was. I was. I was watching it with you. You were, yeah. So we sat there and watched that, but that's, I don't know the character names, so I'm kind of quiet over here. I'm like, I don't really know what you guys are talking about, so I can't add anything to this argument. Chris is the fat son the uh, with the blonde hair. Ah, okay. Not Stewie, not the little guy. Go ahead. First name. All right, so I've been thinking about how long I've been here. It's been almost six months next week, I believe. After seeing our our friend Aaron Sawmill Hoover have his going away session the other day and seeing everybody talk about his tenure and how much they've appreciated his work and everything. And uh, we actually had him on, and uh, he talked about his tenure, and we're all sad to see him leave. But, um, you know, some great things are ahead. And also, last thing, I kind of did some amateur research on my ancestry, and it brought me to Wales, and that's pretty lame. <laughs> I want to talk about road racing. Um, we watched this past weekend Cup Cars run Sonoma. Excellent race, lots going on, strategy, beating and banging. At the end, it came down to you know taking four tires and having to come from seventh or eighth, wherever those guys came from. I think road racing is way underrated. It's starting to get more of the appreciation that it probably deserves and, and demands. Um, 
I think we need more road races on the schedule. I'd be a big fan of seeing that. I know some of the guys don't like that, but uh, I think uh, the fans and for, for the racing that are put on the racetrack, we need that. And, uh, you know, I look for that to, to happen in the near future. To Regan's point, this is going to be weird. I'm actually going to agree with Regan on this point. I'm a big fan of road racing myself. It's very exciting. It brings a different element to everything. I think it'd be interesting to see what NASCAR does in terms of readjusting the chase in the next few years to maybe incorporate a road course race. And secondly, I don't know if you all saw, I think it was a USA Today article. Um, they did a poll on the best tracks in the country. And of that poll, I believe Watkins Glen was number one. So I think uh, it seems like most of the NASCAR fans also enjoy road racing. And Regan used to hate it, but now he's gotten good at it. And I think that's why he likes it. <laughs> I never hated it. Well, I'm saying, ever since you've come here, no one ever knew you were this road racer. And then you come here and you, you, you run up front every time we go to a road course race. I have always enjoyed road racing. If you look back through the, all the years, I've always enjoyed it. Always, you know, embraced going to those places. I, I've did a lot of road racing when I was younger. There was actually a point in my career where I was taking more of a road racing path and uh, and steered off of that when I was probably I don't know 13, 12, 13 years old, something like that. Actually, I was older than that. I was close to 16, and uh, took more of a turn towards stock cars instead. But I, I enjoy the road racing. I think it's I think the product that it's putting on the track is been phenomenal here as of late and we see more of a uh, more of an old school mentality of, of the racing and the beating and banging and the, the simple fact that if you rub me wrong I'm going to rub you back and, and you can get away with it there a little bit easier than, than you can at most places. So. Yeah and I feel like you don't see as much and I could be wrong um, and correct me if I'm wrong I know you will uh, I don't think you see as many influx uh, of the road horse ringers so to speak as you used to in years past. It used to be you go to places like Watkins Glen and Sonoma and you'd have you know, six or eight guys that were just there as road course ringers, you know, and I don't, I think it's more, it's a little more uh, specific to the actual series regulars now, I think. Yeah, and there, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. The cars have evolved over the years. Our understanding of road racing has evolved. The, you know, the generation that's racing now has, has done more road racing um, growing up, which is, has made them better as they get into the, the cup cars or the Xfinity cars or whatever it may be. So it, it's kind of been an evolution, but you know, those guys, to, to just hop in the cars and go fast one time is, is tougher than it's ever been. And, and you pick, you know, guys that are extremely talented, like a Boris said, or a Ron Fellows and some guys like that. Um, they come out here now, and, and they're happy with the top ten. And I think the reality is that the teams basically look at it and say, well, look, we'll, we'll use our normal driver, even the teams that maybe aren't running for points or just trying to get one good race or whatever. We'll take our chances with our normal driver because these guys are obviously very good, good at what they do as well on the road courses. And, uh, you know, a lot of reasons for it, but, but certainly, uh, you know, the, the ringers don't have the advantage they once did. And that's it. W way, to ju uh, way to get us on a road course topic, Regan. That was well played, sir. Yeah. Hey, I'm steering the ship here. Steering <laughs> the ship. All right, we're going to let Regan get back to putting his feet up on the beach. How's little Rhett doing down there at the beach? You got his sunblock on him? Rhett has his sunblock on. He's, uh, he's got his dad's fair skin, um, I guess because he's a baby partially, but Poor kid. It, it would appear that he's going to continue to have that fair skin uh, you know, throughout life, and uh, he's, he's been doing good on the beach, enjoying it. We're, uh, you know, had fun getting some, some cool memories and pictures with him. Well, Regan, enjoy uh, those few days in Daytona, and good luck in the race this weekend. We'll be watching and cheering you on, and maybe you can bring us back a trophy. How about that? That, that would be the plan. Right. We will. All right, and again, everybody, you can catch the three Junior Motorsports cars this Saturday, July 4th, on NBC Sports Network at 7.30 p.m., and MRN Radio is going to have that broadcast, and that's going to be on Sirius XM Channel 90 at 7 o'clock.
So that's that's pretty much going to do it for us, first name. For this is actually episode 18 of Junior Motorsports up front. Um, we're going to let we're going to get out of here, and I'll for next week, guys. We're actually going to have um, Aaron Sawmill Hoover, who's a longtime Junior Motorsports employee. He's been here about 10 years. Originally started with the Hooters Pro Cup team way back in the day. He is actually moving us or moving on from us, and he's going to move back home and spend some more time with his family. Um, and we're going to have him on to talk about every. Thing, all the crazy stories and all the madness that's happened in the 10 years that he's been with us. So um, we're sad to lose him. Uh, glad to see that he's going back home to spend some more time with his family. But you're not going to want to miss that. That's going to be on next week. And that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Race fans, did you know Oscar Blues was the first craft brewery to put their beer in cans? That's right. In 2002, Dale's Pale Ale paved the way for the craft can revolution, allowing their great beer to be taken anywhere, on the trail, a day on the lake, and especially to the racetrack. And with brewery locations in Colorado and North Carolina, you can be sure you'll find fresh Dale's Pale Ale near you. Visit OscarBlues.com and find out where to get your Dale's today.